Hello again, friends. Pastor Lowell here, welcoming you back to our series on Return to Rome. We are in Section 3, and this is number 14. We're looking at Thirsty for Unity. Let's begin with a short prayer. Heavenly Father, again we thank you that we can study and consider end-time events together. We pray you would help us to be united to Christ. Bless us as we share together now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Return to Rome, thirsty for unity, how Rome will unite the world, continuing. We're continuing that particular section. We saw what's creating this thirst for unity. Number one is climate change and natural disasters, which is leading more people now to call for a day of rest, a universal day of rest to save the planet. That was number one, creating a thirst for unity. Then we saw last time that number two, creating this thirst for unity, is mysticism, where all religions unite together. Now, somebody sent me a question. Someone asked, I wanted to ask your point of view on contemplative prayers practiced by Pentecostal churches. Can they be compared to that of Jesuits you discussed in the 13th presentation? And the answer is yes, definitely yes. We find that this style of worship is creeping into more and more Christian churches, and of course Pentecostals are just one of those. You understand that the primary object of Pentecostal worship is to become possessed with the Spirit, and contemplative prayer is an excellent and easy way to accomplish that. Let me read again from Lighthouse Trails Research Project, which says the final outcome of contemplative prayer is interspirituality. Just what is exactly interspirituality? Well, that term interspirituality was first used in 1999 by a brother, Wayne Teasdale. He's actually a lay monk who wrote a book He's what we would call a monk in the Hindu tradition, using Hindu uh, practices of meditation. And he wrote a book entitled The Mystic Heart, Discovering a Universal Spirituality in the World's Religions. And in this book he says this, The religion of humankind can be said to be spiritual spirituality itself. Because mystical spirituality is the origin of all the religions. I'll just pause here and say I kindly disagree with this Catholic monk. I don't see mystical spirituality as the origin of my religion. But anyway, he says this, the mystical spirituality is the origin of all the religions. If this is so... What he's saying, if mystical spirituality is the origin of all the religions, if this is so, and I believe it is, he says, we might say that interspirituality, the sharing of ultimate experiences across traditions, is the religion of the third millennium. Interspirituality is the foundation that can prepare the way for a planet-wide enlightened culture. End of quote. That's essentially a unity of all religions through mysticism, which, of course, traces its roots back to the Jesuits. 
And that is exactly why Pastor Ted Wilson, the General Conference President, tells us, quote, stay away from non-biblical spiritual disciplines or methods of spiritual formation that are rooted in mysticism, such as contemplative prayer, centering prayer, and the emerging church movement in which they are promoted, end of quote. So yes, Pentecostalism is just another manifestation of this type of worship style that's creeping into all religions. And unfortunately, we're borrowing things from the Pentecostals. We're borrowing their music. We're borrowing some of their worship styles. We're borrowing some of their prayer styles, all-night prayer vigils. We can trace many of these things back to Pentecostalism. One professor said, once said, we pick the fruit, but we don't know the root. So anyway, mysticism is being used to unite all world religions. That was just an answer to one of our listeners. I'm moving now to a third thing that is creating this thirst for unity among all world religions. And that is, believe it or not, music. Music is being used to unite religions, ecumenical music. I'm reading a statement from Dan Moen of Integrity Music. This was in an interview with Christianity Today. He says, quote, I've discovered that worship music is transdenominational. I want to pause here and, and clarify. Worship, the worship music that he's describing is not singing the hymns, the old Adventist hymns or Christian hymns. But rather, it's the new style of music that sounds more like the disco or the bar. It's got the beat of the street. And we find this in almost all churches today. So he's saying, I've discovered that worship music is transdenominational, transcultural. It bridges any denomination. Twenty years ago, there were many huge divisions between denominations Today, I think the walls are coming down. In any concert that I do, I will have 30 to 50 different churches represented. End of quote. So he's saying that our worship music is uniting all religions together. And we call this style of music, this worship style of music, CCM, or Contemporary Christian Music. And you understand that contemporary Christian music is it at home in virtually all ecumenical contexts. The same music is perfectly at home at a Roman Catholic retreat or a World Council of Churches conference or a charismatic laughing revival meeting. And even sometimes we find it in our Seventh-day Adventist churches in worship. This is also the music of what I call mini-evangelism, where we're using music in our evangelism to attract people. But it's the style of music that people are attracted to, the worldly style of music. I'm reading now from the Houston Chronicle. This was some years ago, all the way back in 1997. It says, quote, More than 700 San Antonio churches representing over 50 denominations, have joined together for the Graham Crusade. You may remember Billy Graham. He'd have these great crusades, and people, churches, would all gather for their uh, crusade. So they were having this Billy Graham crusade. 
which I'm reading on, which hopes to attract South Texas youth with big-name Christian rock acts, such as Amy Grant, DC Talk, Charlie Daniels Band, Michael Smith, Steve Green, Jackie Velasquez, etc., and a Saturday service just for kids. End of quote. So you can see how they're, they're using in their evangelistic meeting these popular Christian uh, groups, we would call these Christian rock groups, to attract the young people. And this style of music is the music of religious unifications being used to unite religions together. Bob Larson in the Contemporary Christian Music Magazine back in 1995 says this, quote, 1985 rather, he says, Have you ever seen a bunch of young people, be they Lutheran, Presbyterian, or Baptist, Charismatic, or Evangelical, setting aside their religious idiosyncrasies, that's a big word which simply means their religious differences, to jump and shout when Petra walks on stage. Question, have you ever seen this happen? And you understand Petra, at least in America, is a popular Christian rock group. Reading on says, he says, the shared experience will send them back to their own churches less theologically exclusive. From that moment on, they're not of this world with all of its petty ecclesiastical divisions. End of quote. So he says after they've come to one of these Christian rock concerts, they're going to go home feeling less like, well, my church is the true church. We are simply all Christians. We can unite together. That's what he's saying. So this is the music that's being used to unify churches and this music is actually being used to bring the Christian world back home to Rome. Return to Rome. Some of you may have heard of John Michael Talbot, a very popular Catholic monk musician. In fact, in my early years as a Christian, when I first became a Christian, I remember listening to John Michael Talbot. I liked his music because I was coming right out of the world. But he said this, Quote, a Roman Catholic, he calls himself a Roman Catholic, I respect other Christians. We are especially close to those who value apostolic tradition as well as scripture. But even in this we face further debates that are obstacles to complete Christian unity. Note that. This is why the Catechism of the Catholic Church insists that scripture, tradition, and magisterium are necessary for a fully unified people. So in other words, in order to unite all peoples together, all religions together, we need scripture, tradition, and magisterium. Reading on, he says, we Catholic, Roman Catholics find this magisterium, that is, we find magisterium in the Pope as Bishop of Rome, together with the bishops of the churches in full communion with Rome. May we all hear these ancient truths and experience real conversion of heart. End of quote. That's from John Michael Talbot, the monk musician. And he delights, John Michael Talbot, delights to see Protestants who never would have darkened the doorstep of a Roman Catholic church come to one of his concerts. He's a popular musician, so people come from all different churches to listen to his music. 
And of course, he preaches his Catholic message in his music. He, together with a Protestant some years ago, made their own album. Brother to Brother was the name of the album. John Michael Talbot, who is a Catholic, together with Michael Card, who is a Protestant. And he said, they said later, quote, doing this project has enabled us to become real friends. And along the way, the denominational lines have become really meaningless to me and to John too, end of quote. That's what Michael the Protestant said. You know, as we play this music together, we do music together, the denominational differences disappear. Now, John Michael Talbot is not the only popular Catholic musician. There are others. There's Tom Booth, Kathy Trucali, there's Cheryl Crow, Sarah Hart, and others. And the National Catholic Register mentioned these, the ones I particularly have named, in an article in the March 18 to 14, 1980, 1998 issue stating that they, that's these Catholic musicians, they are using their music to evangelize evangelical young people into the Catholic faith. That's amazing. So this music is being used to bring people back to Rome, return to Rome. This type of music, this ecumenical style of music with the world's beat and the world's uh, standards of music, the world's taste for music, is being used to unite all these churches together. Now, why is this type of music, CCM, contemporary Christian music, why is it so interdenominationally popular? Well, friend, we'll answer that next time. Join us again next time as we continue our series, Return to Rome. I invite you to join me for a short prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us the gift of music. Help us, we pray, to differentiate between Christian music and music that sounds like the world. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.